Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. We celebrate revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ in our midst. We celebrate the word that became flesh. We celebrate Jesus, the son of the living God. We celebrate the substance of God's kingdom. We celebrate the light by which we see. We celebrate your word. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Lord God, today speak to our hearts. Change us by your word. Cause us to transform from one level of glory to another level of glory by your word. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Shake hands with at least two or three people. Tell them you're welcome to Bible study. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Choir, thank you. God bless you. Hallelujah. I'm excited today because it's Bible study. Amen. <laughs> and I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I delight myself in God's Word. Anytime it's time to listen to God's Word, I'm so very, very excited. So much excited that um, I cannot explain the excitement. It's just a spirit to spirit res response. My spirit is responding to the spirit of God's word and I'm just excited. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, are you excited? Wait for the person's response. Say, I'm excited. Oh, come on. Even if you, you are not physically speaking, you just say it. All right, say, I'm excited. I'm excited. Pastor Rija, I'm excited, you know. Are you excited? I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Glory to God. Who is excited? <laughs> you excited? Shout hallelujah. <laughs> All right, we've been looking at practical ways to loving one another. Hallelujah. And we've seen from God's word that love is the bond of perfectness or perfection. The unity of the body of Christ is not the uniformity of the body of Christ. It is not every one of us coming under one denomination. That's not the unity of the body of Christ. The unity of the body of Christ is the unity of the spirit. We've learned that. It happens as a result of the body of Christ walking in love towards one another. And we have seen from scriptures that when we begin to put the commandment of love that the master gave to us before us, and making it our 
priority, the unity of the Spirit will happen. That means I become united in spirit with my brother, geography notwithstanding, bearing notwithstanding, glory to God. In Christ, we become united as we walk in love towards one another. And this must be our understanding that it's my responsibility to walk in love towards my brother, towards my sister, irrespective of who she is or where she came from, background-wise. It's our responsibility to walk in love towards one another. That's, that's our job, the job the master left us with, is to walk in love towards one another. And then his job is to bless us and increase us so that we lack nothing as we walk in love one towards another. Glory to God. And we have seen that there are scriptural ways by which we can walk in love towards one another. The first is by praying for one another. We're praying for the unity of the body. We pray for revelation knowledge. We pray for strength on the inside of us. We pray for the love of God to abound in our hearts towards one another. Hallelujah. See? We pray for one another. Glory to God. Now, what's the second practical way by which we can love our brothers and sisters? Amen? Amen? Yeah, what's it? All right, we begin to speak well of one another. We speak well of one another. Glory to God. Speak well. We don't speak evil of one another. We speak well of one another. That means you don't backbite. You don't even lick the back of your brother. Some bite the back, all right? Others lick the back. You don't flatter. Glory to God. Flattering, you know, is, is not of God. You don't flatter people. Tell them the truth. Hello, in love. What you have done is not right according to God's word. Not that. <laughs> the Lord is your strength. In what is wrong? How can the Lord be strengthening one? You know, sometimes if people feel like, well, that's love. The Lord is your strength. In unrighteousness, no. Brother, this is what the word says. We live by the word. Amen? I said amen. <laughs> we live by the word of God. I live by the word. Tell yourself, say, I live by the word. Mm-hmm. That's our life. That is our life. You see, we speak well of one another and we correct one another in love. Praise the Lord. You see? We do that in love. And then, the third way of loving one another practically according to God's word, yes? Serving one another in love. Amen? We serve one another. We yield ourselves unto the Lord for the benefit of one another. That means we do things that will edify one another. Glory to God. See, I'm serving you in the name of the Lord now, teaching you God's word. It's service. 
It's service. All right? Praise God. While the word is going on, there are some folks there, media folks, all right, um, holding the camera. They are serving us <laughs> so that our brethren that are not located here in Ife can view this live streaming and be blessed. It's service. Hallelujah. So we humble ourselves and serve one another in love. All right? Number four. Yeah? Giving. We give to one another. We use hospitality one towards another. The Bible says. Hospitality. We give. Amen? And that's our way of life. We don't sit back, fold our legs and fold our arms waiting to receive what we desire, what we do according to God's word is we give what we desire and then it comes to us. The master says in Luke 6 and verse 38, give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give back to your bosom. See? So that's the way we live. We give. You watch out for the needs of the brethren And then you desire to feel that need, to meet that need, to help one another. That's God's will for us. Amen? So we give. We give ourselves to hospitality. Amen? Any other way apart from that? At least we've learned four now, right? Okay, number five. Forgiving one another. We forgive one another. You say, well, I I want to walk in love towards my brother. I want to walk in love towards my brother. I want to walk in love towards my sister. How do I do it? I forgive my brother. When he offends me, I forgive. When my husband offends me, I forgive. When my wife offends me, I forgive. That's the way to love one another. We don't hold grudges or bitterness or offenses against one another. That's not walking in love. That a brother or a sister will not offend you in Christ Jesus is not possible. Did you hear that? Even the people that are very, very close to you, I tell you the truth, they are the people that will offend you the most. Why? Because they are very close to you. You have to interact with them. They say things to you. They take actions for you or against you. Sometimes they do it deliberately just to get your attention. Amen. Sometimes they don't do it deliberately. (laughs) I once met a beloved one. I said, "I'm, (laughs) I'm going to get my husband's attention. And she did. Amen. Praise God. All right, but that's a wrong way to get people's attention. Stepping on people's toes. Amen? Don't do that. But you see, the truth is, either you like it or not, offenses will come. Expect that offenses will come. You see, know it, offenses will come. But don't take them. I said don't take them. Glory to God. You don't have to take offenses. Now, how is it that you will not take offenses? What is the way not to take offenses? 
is to forgive those who have offended you. If you don't forgive them, then you've taken offenses or offense, as the case may be, and your heart is bitter against them. I'll show you the process. How taking offense can bring you to a place of bitterness and cause you to fall short of God's grace. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Quickly, let's look at it. The Bible says to follow peace with all men and what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And then he goes on in verse 13. He says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, see that, springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. You see, you cannot be bitter against someone you have already forgiven. If you have forgiven someone who once offended you, you cannot be bitter against that person. Bitterness is an offspring of unforgiveness. When you are bitter against somebody, it is undoubtedly clear that you have taken offense. You may say, well, well, for me, I've forgiven you. But anytime I see him, I just don't feel good. All right? You have not yet forgiven. Don't, don't, don't tell a lie. You cannot be bitter against someone who has found favor in your sight. You cannot be bitter against somebody whom you have forgiven. You cannot. So bitterness comes as a result of unforgiveness. And if you look at it, what bitterness does is bitterness defies you. Defilement means corrupts you. That means bitterness will corrupt your mindset. It will corrupt your entire being. You begin to think contrary to God's word. You begin to think contrary to what God stands for. Why? Because you're defiled. Bitterness defiles. That's what the Bible says. So, you see, bitterness, before you get to bitterness, you can stop the process. How? You nip it in the board. How? Forgive. Let's not say forgive. Now, how do you forgive? A lot of people have not um, come to understand the reality of spiritual things. The first thing is, if anybody offends you, and the very moment you feel upset or there's an emotional change, at that point in time, that very moment, speak words and say, in Jesus' name, I forgive. Don't say, I rebuke these emotions. You see, don't do that. The emotion is an effect of something. It's a result of something. So if you are dealing with the consequence without handling the root, the cause, it won't work that way. Someone says something and then you begin to feel somehow. Say, so, well, ask yourself, was I offended? Oh, well, that, that, that touched me. I didn't like what the person said. Now, I forgive. Mention the person's name right there and then. I forgive you in Jesus' name. Now, don't say, don't think forgiveness. Say it. Say it with your mouth. 
the word is very near thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart, that thou mayest do it. Amen. See that? We read that scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30 in the morning. Amen. Glory to God. And verse, um, I think, 14 or 11. Praise God. See, the word is very nigh thee. 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee. In thy mouth and in thine heart that thou mayest do it. Any scripture you want to act upon, put it in your mouth first. Amen. And the counterpart of that scripture is in Romans 10 and verse 8. What's yet it? The word is near thee, even in thy, and in thine. That is the word of faith which we preach. <laughs> you see? You see it. Never say, mm. Now he's thinking. Well, such is life. People may offend you today, and then they do you good tomorrow. You just take it. Hallelujah. He's thinking. He's thinking now. Hallelujah. Mm. The next moment you see that person, the emotion, that bad emotion rises up again. You feel like, but I forgave the person. You did not. Spiritual things don't work that way. All right? Mention the person's name. Say, I forgive you. And then say, in the name of Jesus Christ. See, the very moment you say that, it is done. Hallelujah. Now, you can now come back to emotion and say, emotion, line up. I have forgiven so-so person. Now, line up. You don't feel bad about that person anymore. You don't think evil thoughts towards that person anymore. You know, if you're thinking evil thoughts towards someone who once offended you, you have not yet forgiven the person. You know, I feel like, ah. If something evil happens to that person now, so that person can feel the pain I'm feeling as well. And know that you don't offend someone like me. It's still bitterness. Amen. I said amen. Now, let me explain this scripture. Go back to Hebrews chapter 12. The way the Spirit of God taught me. Hebrews 12 and verse 15. Quickly. 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root, let's not say root. Now the Bible calls it a root. Any root of bitterness. What is root? What is root? When you say root, can you give me a synonym? Any synonym for root? Talk to me. Foundation. Foundation. Lest any foundation of bitterness springing up, springing up. That means, you see, if you take that offense, it would distort the love system on the inside of you. It would change the entropy on the inside. That means immediately there is a change on the inside. It will affect your imagination. It will affect your speech, your communication. You see, offended people cannot speak in love until they deal with that offense. Praise the Lord. You see, it's, it's a root. 
That means the very moment you allow that offense, what the offense wants to do is to form a foundation of your speech, your perspective to life, your actions. Offenses always seek to become roots of bitterness. For me, for me, me, well, I won't say anything, but God will vindicate me. People who are dealing with me this way, God will punish them. I will not say anything, but God will punish them. It's it's still the thing. He hasn't dealt with the root. It's still something there. All right, well, if you say I I shouldn't give you words of advice that will lift you, I will be quiet. If you ask me questions, even real questions that pertain to you, I will be quiet. I will not answer you again. It's still something there. Quietness. You have not yet dealt with it. It's there. And what it seeks is to form the foundation of your perspective. The very moment you see that person, you see that person in that light. This wicked man has come again. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hypocrisy will come out of it. Hypocrisy will come out of it. Hey, darling, what are you thinking about? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know, he, he just thought... How did I even meet her to start with? How did I meet her? Oh, darling, what are you thinking about? <laughs> Hypocrisy. Why? Because there has been issues that you've not yet dealt with. Foundation. And never let bitterness be the foundation of your speech, the foundation of your perspective to life, the foundation of your actions towards people. The reason you do what you... There are people today who are reading very hard. Students! Just because they want to prove a point with their lives. That my uncle must know that (laughs) you don't toy with someone like me. I'll be so great in life, I'll build a story building. When it comes, I'm begging. Alright? I'll spit from the uppermost floor Motivation, wrong motivation. All right? He bought a Mercedes car, right? I'm going to buy the latest model, and I will drive it to his house. I will drive it to his house. Amen? Some people make calls out of bitterness. And you see, bitterness, either mild or very intense. Bitterness is bitterness. And bitterness always comes from taking offenses. It defiles. It defiles. For some, bitterness came out of the negative experiences they've been through in life. And because of one terrible experience or the other, they formed a wrong mindset. And that's why, you see, whatever you're going through, make sure (laughs) God's word is your shield and buckler. Are you listening to me? Make sure God's word is your shield and buckler. Shield yourself with the word of God. So that that thing does not affect your heart.
Thank you, Lord. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. The Bible says, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. See that? Forgiving one another. It says to be kind one to another, tender-hearted, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Please keep your heart tender. If you pile up offenses against people, the heart will become hardened. Keep your heart tender. How? Forgive right there and then. You say, well, this person is taking me for granted. He or she does it again and again and again. He's taking me for granted. She's taking me for granted. Listen, you will forgive again and again and again and again until God says it's enough. Amen. So when is God going to say it's enough? At least you will forgive. How many times does the Bible say? A day. In one day. It takes a demon to offend you that that, that much. Even a demon cannot. Are you listening to me? Uh Uh-huh. So, the point is, it's enough when the person offends you 490 times a day, at least. That's when it's enough. Praise God. (laughs) Forgiving one another, being tender-hearted towards one another, be tender-hearted. Forgive easily. Forgive promptly. Forgive generously. Forgive without referring. Listen, let me just say this very quickly. When you're forgiving, your forgiveness must be born out of God's word that says to forgive, not the person's worthiness to be forgiven. The Bible says we should forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. That means when God forgave us, he did not consider us. Who did he consider? Christ. He considered Jesus. That was his consideration. It was Jesus that he considered. It was what he's done for us that he considered. It was his sacrifice that he considered. It was not our sin, not the gravity of our sin. So you see, when you forgive people because they are worthy to receive your forgiveness, you will soon meet somebody who will not be worthy. You say, well, we've been together, you've tried for me. If not for the fact that you've tried for me, you've been with me all this while. We've suffered together, so I forgive you. We have suffered together, so I forgive you. That's not the reason to forgive. Because Jesus Christ has forgiven me because I have received forgiveness. I give forgiveness. 
So our forgiveness or our forgiving people is an extension of the forgiveness that we have received from the Lord by Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen to that? Uh Uh-huh. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Forbearing one another. That means there are some people you are going to forbear. In the body, yeah. You will forbear them. That's what the Bible says. You are not enjoying everything about them. But you just, okay, yeah, no problem. Let's, let's go. <laughs> it is well. I know you're coming up to maturity. Amen. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any. Now, in the body of Christ, do we have people who have quarrels against themselves or one another? Yeah. What's a quarrel? A quarrel is an argument. A strife, a fight. When it's, it's been, <laughs> thank God for the word of faith and the word of love that has prevailed in our midst. It's been a long while. <laughs> I met two <laughs> brethren fighting. All right, the last time was when I was on campus. <laughs> Man, it was a serious fight. They tore their clothes. Yeah, two Christian sisters. Serious fight. I would rather allow you beat me. <laughs> For me, it takes two to fight. <laughs> they were fight. They tore their clothes. They poured water on themselves. It was a baptism. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I said, "Oh dear Lord." Why not forgive instead? Say, okay, 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 I forgive you. You know, there are some people you forgive, they say, you don't, I don't even need your forgiveness. I don't need your forgiveness. Don't forgive me. <laughs> All right, that's why you don't forgive people because of them. All right, you forgive people because of Jesus. His love for you. <laughs> Amen. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Look at verse 14. And above all these things, put on what? Charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Put on charity. Love. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Praise God. Love. <laughs> You know, there could be some people, maybe in the world, before they got born again, they had that wrong mindset. Some people, they go step on toes consciously. Fight me. If you can, fight me. Slap me. Beat me. <laughs> say, I'm led by love. Say, say, I'm led by love. Say, say, I'm led by love. Uh-huh. Don't cause trouble. 
Don't cause trouble. We are not troublemakers. Don't make it. Alright? Praise God. Follow peace. Let someone say peace. One more time, say peace. Now go back to that scripture. Let me just uh, say this by the Spirit of God very quickly. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. It says, follow peace with... No, talk to me. Follow peace with... All men, all, I say all women, all children, (laughs) not just all men in that sense, (laughs) you know, all, follow peace with all, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, follow peace with all, you see, in following peace, in maintaining peace, you have to forbear one another, you forbear. You forgive, and then you reconcile. You forgive, and then you reconcile. If someone has offended you, you forgive that person. If you know that someone has been offended by you, then you go reconcile with that person. Glory to God. See? You forgive, and then you reconcile. That's making peace. To make peace or follow peace with all men, there are basically two ingredients involved. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Don't forget that. Forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen. See? In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 23. Let's look at it. Matthew 5 and verse 23 very quickly. This is the master speaking here. He says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother had ought thee, or had ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First, let's not say first. See, the master is telling you here, this is God's priority. All right? He desires mercy. And not sacrifice. Some people are more concerned about sacrifice. Father, please let me offer my gift first and then I'll. The master said, No, first, first thing. He says, Look, if you offer that gift, it's not an offering unto the Lord. It's not an offering. He says, First, go back to verse 23. Look at it. Can we read it together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother had ought against thee. Now, listen, if you remember, don't say, no, I cancel that remembrance. It is for your good, so that your offering will not be in vain. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the, to the altar, the master said, how many of us believe Jesus here? Uh-huh. Listen to him. He is the truth. Therefore, if, thy, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother had ought against thee, that means, you see, it's your brother now that has ought against you. Amen. I said amen. Please, let me, let me say this. Don't make money at the expense of this. This is first. I said, this is first. 
if you make money at the expense of this, in vain you have made that money. This is first. Listen to the master. Listen to the master. <laughs> let's read it together again. One, two, three, let's go. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that thy brother had ought against thee, that means your brother is bitter. You remembered. Your brother is bitter against you. Verse 24. Come on, let's go. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First, the master said, First, be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. And then, you see, the offering of your gift is secondary to your love work. If your love work is not according to God's word, your offering is in vain. That's what the master, master just said. First, be reconciled to thy brother first. And then come and offer thy gift, the master said. Amen. See that? So, when it comes to forgiveness, you don't have to meet your brother because you are the one hurting. So, you forgive. But when it comes to reconciliation, you have to go to your brother or your sister, as the case may be, to be reconciled with your brother. Now, we understand that forgiveness and reconciliation sum up to making peace or following peace with all men. Amen? Yeah. Follow peace. Follow peace. Follow peace. Glory to God. Amen and amen and amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. In honor preferring one another. Now, the point here is be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. That involves forgiveness. There are a lot of diseases in people's bodies that are consequences of not following peace with all men. When you follow peace with all men, peace means wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. You will be kept, you will be preserved. In peace, there is wholeness. And this is good for us to know. I want us to see this. This is very important. In Mark chapter 11, 
Mark 11. If you start the reading from verse 25, the master teaching, he said, and when you start praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, when you start praying. You see, it's parity in prayer. Forgive. And when you start praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that thy, your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And then the master said something very profound here. Verse 26. Listen to the master. Can we read it together? One, two, three, let's go. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Is that true? Talk to me. Is that true? That's the truth. That's the truth. The sin you are holding against your brother is the issue between you and God. Did you hear that? But the one you let go, it's no longer an issue. Because you see, not to forgive your brother is an issue. (laughs) So he says, if you don't forgive your brother... That's the issue between you and God. God is holding it and said, look, forgive your brother first. He said, Lord, no, let me, let me pray first. He says, no, when you stand praying at that moment, let forgiveness be first. Forgive. Now that means God is saying, the master is saying to us, let love work be your priority. It will make you effective in all you do. You'll be productive. When you put love first in your life, you'll be productive. You have answers to prayers. You'll be strong on the inside. You'll be whole. But if love is not the priority, Lord have mercy. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6 and verse, let's look at verse 11. Matthew 6 and verse 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. See? Forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Now the word as there shows basically two things. Frequency and magnitude. Let's want to say frequency and magnitude. Frequency talks about how prompt or promptly you forgive people. And magnitude is how generous, how benevolent you are in forgiving people. If you are very generous in forgiving people, when you sleep or do some other things that are not in line with God's word, he will be generous. But if you are not generous, he will not be generous. Why? Because that very thing that you are holding against your brother is the issue between you and God. Let go of it. You say, well, um, you don't know what the person has done. Look, that's not the issue. The issue is, look, follow what God has said. Do what God says to do. The very moment it happens and you feel somehow, you feel otherwise, your emotions begin to change. Speak out at that point in time and forgive. 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 Don't carry over 
unforgiveness is dangerous to your future. It's a canker worm. It's a cancer. It's a pollutant. It defiles. So when we forgive promptly and we forgive generously, we are going to receive God's forgiveness promptly and generously. He says, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. See? The master says, if you don't forgive your brother, he says, your heavenly father will not forgive you likewise. And if the Lord would mark iniquity, who would stand? Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Think about Jesus. Remember Jesus and be generous. You have received forgiveness in Christ Jesus, then give it to someone else. Extend that same forgiveness to somebody who needs it. Can someone say amen to that? See? Glory to God. I said glory to God. There's an account of two servants, how they dealt with themselves. In scriptures, the master told a parable and then shared how they dealt with themselves with respect to forgiveness. Matthew chapter 18. We start the reading from verse 21. Let's do it very quickly. This is Bible study, so open your Bibles. Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. He thought that was, you know, that was it. Seven times. <laughs> Verse 22. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Four hundred and ninety times. Oh. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. He called them to reckon him. And when he had begun to reckon, one brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. 10,000 talents. Verse 25. But for as much as he had, not to, he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. That was their custom then. People were sold. All right, to pay their debts. <laughs> they were sold as slaves to pay their debts. See? The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Have patience with me. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And lose him and forgive him the debt. But the same servant went out. The same one. He went out having received forgiveness. For 10,000 talents. The Bible says, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Can you imagine? (laughs) Which owed him just a hundred pence. It's just like one naira to 100,000 naira. He just received forgiveness for 100,000 naira and there's another person owing him one naira. 
100 kobo. And he laid hands on him. <laughs> this is not for impartation. <laughs> he laid hands on him. And took him by the throat. Saying, pay me that thou owest me. And then verse 29. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet. The same thing he did. He fell down at his master's feet and pleaded. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. <laughs> Look at his response. And he would not. He would not. But went and cast him into prison. Oh. You see, when you are bitter against people, you are trying to cast, you are casting them into your own prison. Cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Ah. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked. Is that no wickedness? No. Judge for yourself. You have received forgiveness for all you have done from your childhood. Your grandparents did. From Adam unto, unto your father. But now someone wronged you. You don't want to let go. Is that no wickedness? Now judge for yourself. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, Is that the right name to call such a servant? No, talk to me. Is that the right name? Yes. What is wickedness? Injustice. I said injustice. Is it just for you, having received forgiveness for all that you have done against God, to owe something against your brother, your sister? Is it just? Do you have any right to even hold something against anybody? Nobody has any right to hold. If God is not holding it against you, you don't have any right to hold it against anybody. The master forgave him 10,000 talents. Just 100 pence. He says no. He cast his fellow servant. Fellow servant. Into prison. O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Verse 34. And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors. That's just, isn't it? Yeah, that's just. You may say that's not just. That's just. I believe that is very just. Renew your mind. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Wait, let Jesus conclude before you, you conclude. Let him conclude. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Look at what the master said. He concluded. Listen to Jesus, the master. Can we read verse 35 together, everybody? One, two, three, let's go. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, 
If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Amen. One of the reasons people go back into the world as fast, in fact, faster than they can imagine, is unforgiveness, offenses. Do you know there are some people who are not attending churches anymore? What are they doing there? What are they doing? What are they doing there? You're just deceiving yourselves. You will soon know that they are deceiving you. Why? You see, if you hear people talk that way, they have been what? Offended. A pastor maybe maltreated them. A pastor who has not been well taught the word of God may say something against them or may even abuse them. And so they feel, well, because it was a pastor that did it. The person is not worthy of forgiveness because he was a pastor. Is pastor a human being? (laughs) Follow peace with all men, all. Is pastor involved in that all, that universal set? Pastors are involved. Well, I, I don't like to offend people and I don't want to offend people. But I may. It's possible. I could. But I I try not to. For some people, I let them stay very far from me. Why? Because I don't want to offend them. They are babes. People who take offenses easily are babes. All right? If I tell Pastor Tosi now, Pastor Tosi, those are my shoes there. Polish them for me. He, he begins to speak in tongues. Oh, glory to God. The anointing is going to rub off on me today. And if you tell the baby, polish those shoes for me. She may not say anything. He may not say anything. He just feel like, ah. He did not even put please. And for some people, that's the offense. He didn't put please. No curtsy, no nothing. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity to be blessed, uh, no curtsy, no nothing. He just called me that way. Follow me. There are some things we have to do there. <laughs> just like that. For some people, <laughs> they would do that thing and then they ask, Pastor, any other thing to do? So, for people like that, I keep... They say, oh, Pastor, can I do anything for... <laughs> God bless you. I remember there was a lady that came for mentoring. She said she needed mentoring so much. And then my wife said, mop the floor. She was offended. She said, that's not mentoring. How can I be mopping floor? When you should be teaching me revelation knowledge. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? She was offended. She was. See how people take offenses? Some may say, 
even if the age difference between myself and my pastor, the age difference, maybe it's just like three or four or five years, uh, 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 at least should, should the, even the age difference. <laughs> Look at the, the age difference. I mean, it's, it's, I know no man takes upon himself this honor, but uh, uh, this one is too much now. Just the age difference is just two, three, five years. He's saying, sit down there, move here. And, uh, uh, he's already offended. That's how people take offenses. Because they said, the pastor said to do something. Amen. So there are, there are some people, pastors may never call, all in the name of love. It's called forbearing one another. You, forbear, you don't call them at all. For some people, you call them, can we fix those things? <laughs> it's not possible. That's the first answer. But for some, you tell them and say, mm, we'll find a way around it, sir. We'll find a way around it, sir. We'll get it done, sir. Praise God. Tap your neighbor say, grow up. Mm-hmm. Tap someone and say, grow up. And no matter how grown you are, you still need to grow up. Tap your neighbor say, grow up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Please understand this. Look up, please. Look up, please. If you hold people against you and you will not let go of them, you will not forgive them. Maybe because they've offended you so badly. All right? It's a major issue. It's a major issue. You need a retreat. You need to come find a spiritual intensive care unit. Sincerely, you need, they, they need, you need to put oxygen through your nostrils. All right? It's a serious issue. Spiritually, it's a serious issue. All right? You see, because when you begin to flow in the prophetic and you see some things, you wonder. I remember there was a lady that came for prayers. She was engaged with a particular brother. And then they messed up several times and he impregnated her. She aborted for him several times. And so, all of a sudden, the brother came and said, I, want, I have a gift for you. And gave her a gift, gave her a parcel of money. Not knowing that he was actually paying her off, that I've had enough of you so you can go. So, one month after she saw his wedding invitation. Now, you know, I'm sharing this now. Some people are already saying, ah, ah. <laughs> they, are, they are ready to fight. <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. And then the brother said, I'm sorry and all that. I have to, you know, make progress with my life. I just felt we are not compatible. The sister wept for three days. She couldn't eat. She fasted for three days, weeping day and night. And then, you see, if you keep 
depression for too long, it becomes a stronghold. These things are true. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing <laughs> scriptures with us. It becomes a stronghold. A demon will come and enforce it. For three days in fasting, she was meditating on bitterness, wrath, terrible things for three days with fasting, spiritual openness, sensitivity, with fasting. For three days. And then, after the third day, she stood up. She stood up. She wiped her face. She became mean. And she wouldn't say anything to anybody. She became mean. A demon spirit was involved. So she came. After that, the brother got married and all that continued with his life. She waited for, I think, eight or nine years without any person. Pretty lady. Tall, elegant, light complexion. Correct. Perfect lady. Nine years, eight or nine years there after that incident. No brother could say hello. They just, they just pass comments. Ah, that sister is a good sister. She's a good sister and she, she's a good sister. And then she came for prayers. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank God for the Holy Spirit. I will not rush into praying for anybody. I will search my spirit. Father, I was asking anything, anything, alert me. Father, in, I couldn't call Jesus' name. Word of knowledge came. Father, in I said, Amen. Open your eyes. She opened her eyes. I said, Somebody offended you. You went out with somebody that jilted you, and then the person offended you. Instantly, the look changed. She became wild, like a lion. I'm telling you, this, this is not, she became wild. And then her eyes, you know, became so, so mean and stern. And um, her eyes went red. I said, sister, you will have to forgive that person. <laughs> she said, never. She said, never. Not me. I said, you have to. You want to marry? <laughs> she said, she's believing God. She wants to. I said, you have to. And then I started teaching on forgiveness for like 15, 20 minutes. I taught on forgiveness again and again and again. And then she saw it. You see, when you are teaching on forgiveness, show Jesus to people what he has done for them. When I showed him the sacrifice, showed her rather the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, she was touched. She began to weep. She began to cry. I, I allowed her. She cried, she wept, and then she said, I'm ready. And then she did. And I said, Father, in Jesus' name, if I was done calling Jesus, 
she was on the floor. The power of God hit her. Unforgiveness had insulated her from the power of God for many years. Praise God. See? Three months after a brother came, he said, do you know, we've been in church, but I've not taught this. I've seen you, but I've not observed you. And then they caught her for barely two months. Two months, yeah. She was of age, and he was of age as well. Their courtship was two months. And they got married. Praise God. Wave your hands, shout hallelujah. <laughs> when these things are not in place, prayer becomes hard and difficult. Forgiveness. You will forgive. Amen and amen. I said amen. Amen. Have you been blessed? There are some of you here that will have to forgive some people. Please don't go home with any bitterness in your heart against anybody. Your dad, your stepdad, your mom, your stepmom, your aunt, your uncle, your nieces, nephews, cousins, stepbrothers, stepsisters. <laughs> you have to forgive. Your lecturers. Yeah. Your HOM. I'm regimenting you today. And then you feel like this regimentation, I'll go through it, but you see, I will not do it willingly. My heart. You have to forgive. You know some people are bitter against their HOMs. Huh? Lord have mercy. You have to forgive. Glory to God. Let me finish this series today. Lastly, the last that I have here, practical way to love one another, is to greet one another. You know, some people don't greet others. The Bible teaches to greet one another. Some people come to church and they sneak out quietly. That's not love. I said, that's not love. (laughs) You greet one another. All right? In love. 1 Peter 5 and verse 14. Quickly. He says, greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The kind of kiss here, you understand there are different kind of kisses. All right. Um, Pastor Laulu, come. Amen. Praise God. Now, <laughs> now this... This, this kind of kiss, look up please, I'm doing this, this Pastor Laulu. Of course, the wife knows that this Pastor Laulu. <laughs> Alright, now the kind of kiss he's talking about is this kind. 
All right? That was their culture. All right? He says, greet one another. It is not this kind. Amen. I said amen. Now, look up, please. If you look at, there's such a thing as a culture in, in English language, you, you shake hands. Hello, how are you doing? All right. And then, side hugs. Hello, how are you? That's, that's okay. Praise God. But it's not this kind. You, a lady is a brother. Amen. <laughs> Hello. You don't need that. Don't let greeting turn into something else. All right? Greet gracefully. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, if, if the person were to be your wife or a sister, biological sister and all that, but you see, it may even be a daughter in the Lord. All right? You have to be careful you don't get out of. I'm a sincere person. What about you? I'm a sincere person. I'm sincere. If I know that this thing is not, I can't really handle it, I don't do it. You can't force me. I will not do it. Amen? I don't do such things. So you see, greet ye one another with a kiss of charity, a kiss of love. See? But you see, in our culture here, we don't greet people with kisses, do we? No, we don't. So you don't say, well, I'm acting on God's word, and then you look at somebody else's wife. The husband will slap your mouth. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Laulu. Let's appreciate him. We greet one another. All right? After church, hello, Pastor Tune, how are you? How has been your day? Well, I didn't see your wife yesterday. What happened? Oh, she was on call. Wow, beautiful. You know, there are sometimes people assume because they don't greet one another. Uh, some pastors don't attend services regularly. So I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. Uh, it's a lie. It's, 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 you don't know what you're saying. If you greet Pastor hello, how are you? I didn't see your wife in church yesterday. Oh, she was on call. Oh, she's a medical doctor. Yes. She was on call. Oh, on call. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some people think it's word of knowledge. You didn't receive any word of knowledge. <laughs> it's word from ignorance. All right? Greet people. Hello, how are you? What do you do for a living? I'm a lawyer. Not that you see the person in the court of law. It's, you see, a brethren have been... A, there's another problem again in the house. <laughs> Greet one another. So that you know what is happening with one another. It's not just, hello, hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? What do you do? I'm a caterer. Really, you're a caterer? Wow, yeah. Praise God. 
So in case you, you, maybe you have your shop very close to the market and she's always coming to the market to buy things. And then you say, that is that does not meditate on God's word. She's too busy. She's a ketra. She's a ketra. You see how people assume things because we don't greet one another. Greet one another. Know what people do. Huh? In church, it's a family. Let me give you some more scriptures and then we close. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Romans sixteen sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> this one is good. Romans sixteen sixteen. Salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. He says salute. You love that? So you salute one another. Salute one another. Amen. There are some people sincerely in church you have to pay homage to. That's the word salute. Notice this is more than greeting. Amen? Why? Because they are worthy of that honor. If you see your HOM in church, you salute. Hello, sir. With respect. You don't greet your HOM the way you greet your brother or sister in your room. Yes, he is a brother, she is a sister. Alright? But you, there are people in church you salute. All right? You see your pastor. You don't just walk past your pastor and say, I have greeted him. This is the 16th time I'm greeting, I'm greeting my pastor. Will I continue to greet, greet forever? All right? He's been greeted. He understands. He knows it. He says, salute. You honor your pastor. Amen? You honor your HM. Your leaders, salute them. See? <laughs> Let me give you one more. Second Corinthians 13 and verse 12. Greet one another with an holy kiss. See that? Greet one another with an holy kiss. Glory to God. Warm greeting. Ask after one another. Ask after one another's welfare, well-being, in love. In love. Now, look at your neighbor. Ask this question. When was, when was the last time you greeted me? <clears throat> no, if you are sitting beside your wife, that's a juru. That's a juru. <laughs> Ask someone else. <laughs> Glory to God. Have you been blessed? Stand to your feet and shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We know you've been I blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shagul Badger Teaching Ministries on plus 234 706 
234-80-601-0093 or plus 234-80-601-0093. Stay blessed.